Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing. We are at the Ireland Team Hotel in Nantes recording this podcast. Lads, I know you're looking around there to see in case any of the players are walking past as we do this. Um, Andy Farrell has just named his team and bench to play Tonga on Saturday. And what an incredibly strong team that is. Very, yeah, very strong. As Keane predicted, um... I won, the, I won the argument. You won the argument. We didn't put any money on it, but we probably, <laughs> you probably should have from your point of view. Yeah, pretty much was a four changes from last week with one positional. Um, bit of kind of rotation onto the bench as well. We've left with four players who haven't been involved yet. Um, Jimmy O'Brien, Stuart McCluskey and the two injured players, Dan Sheen and Jack Conan. Um, so yeah, like it's a very good team. It, I think Andy Farrell said it's respecting themselves, it's respecting competition and it's respecting Tonga. Um and it's a team that should beat Tonga. And whether it's the team long-term and whether they get through it unscathed, sorry, a lot of that is kind of going to be decided afterwards as to how they come through it. But if they come through it unscathed and these players have another game under their belts, then I think he'll be hailed as a genius because it, it's, you know, it's another tune-up for his team. Yeah, let's just hear now a bit of what Andy Farrell had to say about the team he selected for Saturday. <laughs> Um, there's always temptation because uh, as, as far as as far as selection is concerned, we go through every single different types of permutation. But at the end of the day, it's what's right for the team. Uh, finding form. That side that played last week hadn't played together before. Um, we get to roll onto on, onto onto this one, and um, you know you you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Really, in 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 some circumstances. But the only thing that I care about is 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 winning this weekend um, because the points. That's on offer. It's exactly the same as what's coming down the line. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's it's it's, just, it's as simple as that. And you know, you look at what could happen, what does happen um, to people in training. You you give people a so-called rest, and uh, you know you, you've seen people. I mean, we had Robbie pull out of the uh, captain's room last week and missed the game. You've you've. Uh, Players now uh, getting injured in training and, and missing the competition. So, you know, people could be resting this weekend and be ill for next weekend, etc. So, we'd like to go with what we've got a, a fit side, a good side, and build a momentum through the competition. Is there a bit of a risk there, obviously, Keen, as well, with South Africa just a week later? But this is also a team that needs another hit out. 
I mean, it's it's always a risk, and that's what the players will tell you every time they go onto the pitch, um, Sinead. So it's a calculated risk for sure, but personally I think it's one that's worth taking Andy Farrell was adamant that the Japan game in 2019 which is obviously not brought, this, up, yeah. not brought up and it's at the same stage uh, that we're at now but I fail to see how it couldn't come into their their thinking especially because Andy Farrell was there this is the point that I was making yeah. yesterday when I was uh, strongly arguing with Rudd but um I think it makes sense. I do. I, 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 you've been pretty strong, Sinead, in saying that you felt that Ireland needed another tune-up yeah. as well. And and I do agree. Um, they're paying Tonga huge respects by naming a team this strong. You look at the back line and Jameson Gibson-Park is the only player really um, missing from the from the team. Um, Dan Sheehan as well, probably. Dan Sheehan, yeah, yeah from the back line. And then from the like the pack is, yeah. yeah, Dan Sheehan. So it's all starting to come together nicely. Um, but like if we're sitting here, uh, well, we won't be sitting here but next to the team room, obviously. But after the match on Saturday and there's bodies battered and bruised and potentially ruled out of the most important game because as we've said consistently for, for the last couple of weeks since we've arrived here beating South Africa is so so important now to avoid France in that potential quarter final so it's calculated risk but one worth taking and Andy Farrell even mentioned in the press conference you know that a player could pick up an injury in training yeah and like as you know as we've seen in this tournament with Caleb Munts getting out for Fiji as Keane pointed out to me earlier that Malcolm Marks you know I was driving up I didn't realise but he's ruled out as well which you know, when I saw that being brought out by the Springboks, I thought they might be playing a bit of silly buggers, but what a blow for them. So, Robbie Henshaw last week in the, the 11th hour, we've seen it with lots of Ireland players over the last couple of years. So, um, he has a point, you know, and he often does have a point. And, you know, he hasn't made many mis- missteps as Ireland coach. He's made, a lot of the selection decisions he's made have come from fruition. I think he has a very good feel for the game. I think he's a very good feel for a tournament. I think he's a very good feel for his own players. And so, um, it's very hard to question him too much. But I, there is a risk. There's always a risk when you put players out in the rugby pitch. And that's, he said, he's, you know, he'd rather have them playing and he'd rather have Johnny Sexton. You know, we have a finite amount of time with Johnny Sexton left. We should appreciate the fact that we get to see him play. So it's, uh, it's, it's a very impressive team that will be Tonga. And I think maybe if you played a weakened team, there was a slight risk that you wouldn't be Tonga. And while Japan may not be something he's talking about, surely it formed part of his of thinking. All of those yeah. experiences, as you lined out in your piece last weekend, he's, oodles of World Cup experience and it's all feeding into this. Now, Mac Hansen was also doing media today. Before he came into the press conference room, Andy Farrell was asked by a journalist about his exclusion from the initial match day squad to play Romania last week. So the backstory to this was that my cat was asked last Friday if the reason Mac wasn't playing was for disciplinary reasons, which he denied. So today, Mac Hansen was asked about it as he sat alongside Peter O'Mahony at the top table. But first, here's Andy Farrell's response. Was it you that was kept on asking the question last week? Where the hell did, did all that come from? Well, I suppose just because he was the main, main star that was left out of the 23. Left out of the 23? Now, anyway, carry on. I was just going to ask what the reason for him not playing last week was. <laughs> because we wanted to give somebody else a, a game. As simple as that. And a case in point, actually, as far as, uh, as, far as everyone being ready, um, uh, ready to go, it's, it's exactly the same this weekend. So Robbie pulls up on Friday and Mike's covering three different positions off the bench and, and did superbly for that. That's the type of thing that needs to, needs to happen uh, within a World Cup. So, um, yeah. Mike's up next, isn't he? So you can you can ask him the question as well. Was he a naughty boy? He definitely wasn't. 
Did Andy not just censor a question about this section? <laughs> it was dealt with. He said you can ask Mike yourself as he left the room. What's that? He said you can ask Mike yourself as he left the room. Guys, it, it's, a, it's clearly it's a rumour and incorrect fact. Like, we can't keep on going over. It's not fair to ask Mike that. Unless you want particularly want to answer no, we, you know, we we had a five-way tape for whatever, and we're, we're fine now, so it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, he he kind of confronted the journalist who asked the question last week, and I think there was legitimate reason to ask the question because you know Andy Farrell had given such a short answer the previous day, um, and kind of said there was absolutely no disciplinary reason why Far- Hansen wasn't involved. We had Hansen after that, and Hansen, um, you know, Peter Romani and the RFU didn't want the question asked of Hansen, which I think was a little bit silly that he's a grown man who can answer the question himself. But it does seem like it's all smoke and no fire. That certainly the the part the, the line from the camp is that they. Um, he was just was never going to play last week. That it was uh, a selection decision, true and true. And I think we saw with the bonhomie between Farrell and Hansen after the game when Hansen was walking around in his cacks, like the the personality the guy brings to the place. Oh, it's incredible! Know, yeah, um, Peter Mahoney spoke about that yeah. as well. So um, yeah, yeah, just week one. I think what the, what did Max say that they had a five minute tiff, and I think he was joking. So yeah, um, Tom very for, firmly very hard not to make know to make know what to make of it all, but. Um, it does seem like they've closed the book on that chapter. Yeah, which is, which is no harm. And I think, to be fair, certainly from our point of view and, and my point of view, because I was the one at the captain's run when the question was asked, I think like people just reported on what was said. I don't. I certainly didn't see anyone suggesting that it was otherwise. I reported as... A, this, I think there was a bit of a vacuum left. Which there was. Left, you know, and, and I think maybe the RFU could have stepped in and clarified that, that vacuum somehow. Because, um, I mean, once that report went out, then suddenly we were all getting texts, what's the story? And doesn't seem like there was a lot of substance behind No, and my understanding is, and I think we, we'd all have seen it there from Andy Farrell's reaction, when, like you said, he did confront the journalist that they were really annoyed um, by the coverage. I think probably because it's Matt Hansen as well and he is so popular um, amongst the squad. But look, uh, much ado about nothing. But like I said, I think, and speaking from my own point of view, we just reported that it, there wasn't a disciplinary issue. Certainly no one ever suggested that there was. And I suppose if you take that logic, and form it to this weekend's team. Jameson Gibson Park isn't in the match 23 and my understanding is that he he isn't injured, that it's a selection thing as well. So possibly this is Andy Farrell's way of just keeping certain guys fresh and I think we're all kind of happy to move on from the, what are we calling it, Matt Gate maybe. Um, and you spoke yesterday, Rory, as well about, you know, this, having that harmony in the squad and giving players extra time and, you know, we're, we're not really seeing that um, with, with him no, going with such a strong team. And it's been the way Farrell has run it for a couple of years now there's, there's been players in a lot of like think of Gavin Coombs how many camps has he been in and he, you know, without getting any, any opportunity and other players who've had to buy their time and you know with no guarantee of, of playing you know, Farrell picks the team that he thinks is going to beat the team the team they're playing at the weekend and he's been burned a few times by rotating um, but he's uh, right this is the World Cup this I, is where you get lethal yeah absolutely I do think there's a risk and maybe he just trusts these players that they're such professionals and such good teammates that they will and he's talk, they talk about that a lot mm-hmm. but if they're here for 8 weeks and they don't play a game I mean even if they're you know if Jimmy O'Brien or Stuart McCluskey if you presume they don't play in the next 2 games if they're called upon in the latter stages if there are injuries they, they will have nearly been 2 months without a game so there's a risk but I do respect the fact that Andy Farrell goes for his strongest team and respects that that fixture and that opposition and isn't taking his eye off the ball in any way. So it's um, but it has been a consistent like you can't call him inconsistent. He's been a consistent selector throughout. I wonder if this is the team he envisaged picking for this game when he came out here. In the first I, place. I I kind of have my doubts about that again, purely because Ireland organised the friendly against Samoa in France, same kickoff time, similar level of opposition, and picked a certain team 
for that. I find it hard to believe that that wouldn't have been part of the plan, but I made this point earlier in the week. I think this is the rootless side of Andy Farrell. There was other guys who didn't make the squad in that team, and that's fair enough. They were in a difficult situation, but maybe he felt that certain guys, like, I mean, this is a bit harsh, but like, I'm going to think of Jimmy O'Brien. Like, I mean, he didn't probably have his best game in, in Bayon. Um, and he, well, the conditions weren't the great condition, either. The conditions weren't great, but there's no excuses yeah. in this. It, in may this. Not, it may not have been Matt Hansen, but he wasn't happy with someone over there because he said that players didn't, you know, spent too much time on the beach, that they, they had too much fun, fun that weekend or didn't take it as seriously as they should have. And that's cost, obviously cost players. And we can read between the lines of who they are but that week was damaging for certain players. And that's the fine line that I think Andy Farrell treads so so brilliantly. I mean, there's, he's all for the happy camp, but I mean, if anyone thinks that this guy isn't absolutely ruthless, you get a glimpse of it. The way he, as you said, confronted the journalists about the Mac thing. When he is angry, I wouldn't fancy being on the, on the receiving end. And I think that this is another show of that we're a happy camp and that, but there are certain standards that cannot yep. be dropped. I, I, like, I, I've been confronted in press conferences by coaches before. I didn't feel it was a nasty way. I no, it, it, no, no, it wasn't, but he got his point across sternly. Yeah, yeah. But I think we should make that point because yeah. Yeah. there are coaches who can confront you and they can be quite intimidating. You know, I've been pinned up against the wall by a former League Ireland manager and called all sorts of names under the sun. So, you know, it, it is an experience that we've, you know, it's a kind of a rite of passage in journalism and that largely happens off camera, but I, I thought he handled it reasonably Absolutely. well. You know, sorry, he, he, quite well he's, well yeah. he's well entitled to get his point across. And yeah, you're right, probably right, Rod, to stress it because obviously people weren't there, but I thought it was fair enough. And kind of, like I said, it's been put to bed now. And I mean, I think from... Could nipped it in the wood last could, week. Could, could have, yeah. And I think from a journalist point of view, everyone is delighted to see Mac Hansen back because we've just heard from him in the press conference and he was asked about his friends. Uh, did many friends come up from Australia? And he said that, yeah, they've just arrived and that it's been very tough to get uh, snaps from them in the morning of smoking vapes and drinking beers while he's trying to prepare for a game. So, I mean, he's absolute gold from our point of view as well. He's been a breath of fresh air since he's come in. He's been brilliant for Ireland since he's come in. And I think he's going to have a big role to play in France over the next few weeks. Did you pick up anything uh, when you were travelling with him on the carriage over to Nantes <laughs> this morning? I had, a, I had a feeling that, yeah, for the second week in a row, travelling to the match city, that it was going to be on the same train uh, and yeah sure enough when I arrived at the station the, the squad were all there um, and but what I was not expecting was to be in the same carriage as Andy Farrell all the coaches and the backroom team I'm, I'm still amazed it happened because the security presence at the train station was incredible like I I couldn't even count the number of armed police that were there. You had the transport police, the local police. You had the anti-terrorist specialists who were following Ireland because they're deemed um, a high-risk team. So um, the, the squad were led on and no one else was allowed to kind of go near them and that was totally fair enough. But it soon became apparent um, as I was held back when I checked my carriage number and ticket number that I was going to be in the same one as the Ireland coaches. I think there was only four of us uh, who were non, uh, who were normal people for want of a better uh, phrase. So civilians, yeah. So in we go. Behind me, I had two anti-terrorist um, police or whatever you want to call them specialist sitting with me uh, I was afraid to get up you, off my you seat you sound a bit chucked still keen I took my laptop out yeah and I was wondering were they looking over thankfully I was only writing a Tyler Blaindall profile for tomorrow that uh, everyone can read but um it was, it was the closest thing I'll certainly ever get to being in the inner sanctum and what it feels like for the Ireland players because we stopped at a couple of stops along the way and uh, they all jump out of their seats and they're guarding that no one gets near it. So um, I was afraid to even get up and go to the toilet because I thought I wouldn't get back in to get my laptop. So um, it was... I'm surprised it, to make you sign an NDA. Well, it was remarkable, really. Um, there was a couple of like, yeah, little bits, like James Ryan came down and had like little mini meetings with the coaches and stuff. So uh, and. 
they, never, they never stop they're always prepping yeah them. and fair play like I mean I would be shocked if that would have happened in the previous regime Rod you'll probably back me up with this can you imagine like Andy Farrell was just I mean, sitting we stayed with the team in, uh, in Japan oh, sorry not Japan in, in England in 15 which was a weird four days for all of us um, no, they were, we weren't in St. George's Park was it yeah. and we stayed with they stayed up in Kobe as well yeah, last I, time, I, so I, just, it, I think being in a train when all all the coaches I, were on I, their laptops and stuff. And I flew back with them from, I got bumped, I had a friend who worked in an airline and got me bumped to business class on the way back from Johannesburg after the 16 trip, I think, or maybe it was 18, and I flew back and beside, I was like, the one of those seats facing Richie Murphy, the kicking coach, we just pressed the button and the screen went up, but we didn't see each other. <laughs> I think Ty Furlong got me some orange juice, but yeah, no, it's rare. Like It, it, it happens the odd time when you're following the team around, you do... End up in yeah. their close proximity. Something less and, and less these days. That's like that's incredible. Like it, it especially because of the the risk factor around Ireland and all these extra people that they have. I mean, th- th- I didn't come away. They obviously, like, could pass the security clearance. They, well, like, I, they mostly. Yeah, I looked at my head and said he thought he was safe enough. But like, I, unfortunately, I'm not coming with any like great stories other than that it was an interesting experience. I mean, they didn't tell me the game plan or the calls well, or anything. The like that. I wasn't <laughs> able to look over um, Paul O'Connell's shoulder to see the the lineup calls or anything. But I I, I just thought the fact that it happened um, probably showed that they weren't overly fussed about it either. I just can imagine if I walked in and if it had been Joe Schmidt that was sitting a few rows in front of me and not Andy Farrell, he just would have been so uncomfortable. Would have stopped the train. Like, yeah, he would have got up and drove it himself. He would have like, thrown off <laughs> a moving SNCR or a moving TGV. Everyone said hello and saluted and everyone got on like we, I'd work to do as well, like I said. And yeah, it was it was interesting. And when we arrived then at Nantes, um, Loads of Irish supporters here already uh, waiting for the team to, to clap them onto the bus. But uh, they went onto the bus while I scrambled to get her and just managed to get her on time. Well, so. well it's based out a bit out of town. Yeah, it's, it's a good, a, bit it's out, a good yeah. train ride. From, did you see the stadium? No. Uh, so the stadium is very close to here. So yeah, we're, we're about 20, 25 minutes uh, drive outside the city. But the stadium is only five minutes away. So it makes sense that they're out here. But they're only here for three nights and then they go back to the lovely warm surrounds of, of tour. So, well, um, the swimming pool is just right beside us here and I saw a few of the players walk around earlier and probably eyeing up the swimming pool but they're probably like the team room is behind us here and finish. they're probably going would they ever Well, there's a bit, there's a bit of a roof there Mac Hansen will surely backflip off it if his video from Salt Hill a few weeks ago is anything to go by Okay, good stuff lads uh, well, We're going to be back with another uh, our final preview podcast of the week for the Tonga game uh, after the captain's run at training sessions here in Nantes tomorrow and also please do tweet us any comments or any questions or anything what would you like to hear Rory whatever they want oh, anyone, well, if anyone wants more insights what's into it like inside the, the, the carriage yeah the carriage <laughs> yeah. Okay. what really happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to hearing about that uh, Keen. well that's it for now thanks for listening listen and follow the left wing wherever you get your podcasts